Business Matters in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. For a career in financial governance, consider the Level 9 MA in Governance and IT in Financial Services starting in January. Contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie today. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is the owner of the Station House Hotel in Letterkenny, Brian Gallagher. Brian began to explore the possibility of building a hotel on the family site along Old Town Road in 2002. Construction began in September 2005 and the 81-bedroom hotel opened its doors on August 1st, 2006. Built by local contractors, Boyle Construction, the Station House employs a team of 50 people. I began by asking Brian what motivated him to build a hotel on the well-known site at the bottom of the town? We go back to probably 2002 or so. Um, like I had been reared on the corner here where the hotel is. It was my home. Um, at that stage, we had two kids, Anthony born in 2000 and May Rose born in 2002. So, I suppose when you have kids, you, 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 your mindset changes and, you know, we probably thought maybe it wasn't an ideal location to be rearing a family. Uh, it was got, it was so busy, like compared to when I was a young child. Um, the area had been built up and there were more traffic and we decided, you know, we have a good site here. What, what will we do with it? Um, we thought on various things, maybe some retail uh, apartments, and we figured then, no, oh, there were enough apartments in the Lower Main Street that uh, maybe maybe a hotel. Uh, there was an urban renewal scheme on shortly before that, or in around that time, and I remember being at a meeting, and uh, there was some talk about uh, tax reliefs for hotels that there were a 100% tax relief on hotels. So I went away, I'd done a bit of homework. Uh, I approached my accountant, Pat Keaton, uh, Stuart McLaughlin. Uh, I thought I said I was thinking of building a hotel. Pat says, right. I don't know what he thought, but he uh, says, that's in my head anyway, Pat. Uh, he says, well, you need to get a business plan done. So there were a young man at that stage. He was lecturing in business and marketing, Billy Bennett. And uh, he said, if you go to Billy, Billy might do a business plan. That's the first thing you'll need. So I approached Billy and uh, I said, Billy, we're thinking on building a hotel. We need a business plan. I do feel that it would work. Um we had the peace process uh, signed in 1998 and I just felt that that was a, a time that things could happen, not alone in Northern Ireland but in the Northwest. And uh, I felt that because of the, the 30 years of troubles beforehand that I just had this vision that Donegal was going to open up along with the North to tourism. And uh, he, he agreed and... So we put together a business plan and uh, we went on from that and we approached different banks. Um, went to my own bank first, Jerry Hannon, and uh, 
the Bank of Ireland, and I think Jerry says that man's. I think uh, you need to do a bit more homework on it. So uh, probably over a two or three year period, I must have done every bank in Ireland, uh, trying to get it uh, to get finance. And was there ever a stage when you had second thoughts, Brian? Um, no, I, I had it in my head that this hotel was was going to happen, uh, whatever whatever way or how it was going to happen. Um, and in actual fact, maybe two and a half, three years later, I had done the rounds and I went back to the first bank manager. And he says, you're not going to give up on this, are you? And I says, I'm not. And he says, well, we'll see what we can do. And it went from there. Uh, my big hurdle was that I had no uh, I had no background in hotels, uh, managing hotels or running hotels. Uh, it was totally new to me and this is this is the problem that the all the bank managers had so um but you believed in yourself and you believed in the concept i believed in the concept i believed that the people would come if we had the product i believed that letter kenny was lacking in bed through the business plan uh we seen that like we were far behind uh towns similar in Kerry, galway that line from dublin down towards the south, that if the people came and the peace process did hold out, that we would need these beds. And uh, I just firmly believed it. So when did you get the go-ahead, Brian? When uh, was the first sod turned here? And what opened when you did open? Uh, It took probably from 2000 and three to 2005 it was two maybe two and a half years uh, doing the groundwork and planning permissions and getting the package together uh, until we turned the sod we turned the sod then in September 2005 and it was all there were no turning back then it was it was about one year in the construction, is that correct? Uh, it was one year. Uh, we started, it was actually 11 months. We started on the 1st of September and we opened on the 1st of August the following year. And how proud were you when you opened the doors that day, Brian? Oh, it was a proud day. Um, a very proud day. Um, it was finished to the last. Uh, Boyle Construction done the building and they made a tremendous job at the time and... It shows we're 17 years now down the road and the building's as good as it was the day it opened. And just in relation to what is here, Brian, in terms of bedrooms that were opened and function rooms, etc.? Well, we have 81 bedrooms. Uh, Post part of the process, uh, we were told that we didn't have enough bedrooms. We only had a two-storey building and through those two and a half years, we've come to the conclusion that we needed an extra floor to make it viable. And I'm glad that we did hold out uh, that we have 81 bedrooms and we have a large function room, which we extended a bit in 2012. Uh, We have three meeting rooms. Uh, We have a bar and restaurant. And, yeah, that's that's it, 81 bedrooms. Just going back uh, slightly in relation to the site, 
it's a very famous site, Brian. Can you talk to us maybe how it came into the family and what was here? Obviously, the station house is the giveaway there. Yeah, well, uh, it was uh, the original house uh, was the station, uh, Old Town Station House. Uh, it was built as part of the uh, Burton Port uh, Railway. Letter Kenny Burton Port, and it opened. The railway opened in 1901, and it ran until 1947. Um, the last gatekeeper uh, was uh, Mr. Green. Um, five years later, then it was uh, put up for auction by the Los Wally Railway. Uh, my father at the time uh, was living up in uh, Ardadonnell, one of the houses in Ardadonnell, and my mother read uh, an article in the paper that, or an ad in the paper that there were going to be a public auction down at the Old Town Station House, and she said, you know what, it would be good for you. My father was buying pigs at the time. He was a Glen Swally man. He had moved into the town and a bit of ground. There was a bit of ground attached to the house, so it suited him. Uh, there were a grass field at the back and there were sheds as well for calves or cattle or pigs. So she said, you should go down and have a look anyway. So he went down to the auction and uh, there were a famous story told in the house uh, Nellie McGovern that owned Nellie's bar at the bottom of the town she was at the auction and my father put on a bid or two and there were another couple of cattle dealers in the town um, and they were bidding against him, there were three were bidding on, on the property and my father come to his last bid and Nellie McGovern stood behind him and says Tony it's a good, it's a good, it's a good house and a good property. Go another bid. And Nellie McGovern was a publican at Lower Main Street. She was a publican at Lower Main Street, famous publican, and she says, "Tony, go another bid." And he went another bid, and he got the house. What is your earliest memories of the station house, Brian? Um, I can remember looking out the window across where Dunn Stores is now, where originally was Best, but I remember it an open field and I remember the circus and the amusements been there so probably that's my first as a kid and you've seen amusements and a circus that's probably the first memory I have of the house itself and what was it like growing up around the bottom of the town brain in the 70s uh, it was a great a great place to grow up we had so much freedom as opposed number one compared to the kids today we knew every nook and cranny from here to the market square, the back road, Doltown. We we had great freedom. You, you were out f from early morning on a Saturday or during the summer to it got dark at night and even after that. Um, post the, the highlights is probably the football over at best in the car park. You were there yourself many a night. <laughs> um, the Skittles was another great memory. Uh, we met and got involved with so many of the, the elder neighbours down here in the bottom of the town. Uh, some of the names I can remember at that time was Daisy Larkin, uh, Eamon Harkin, Michael Devlin, Cormac Yallagher, Paul McElroy, Daisy Carroll and Stevie from the Town, Stevie Larkin from the Town, and then yourselves, the, the back road boys, uh, Bernard Doherty, Sean Colm, and... Uh, just a great, great time, great, great friends, great community, 
and uh, great freedoms. And walking up and down the back road to school, and you done that in the morning. You come back for your dinner, and you walk back up again, and at, after lunch and down again in the evening. So, and in relation to businesses, Brian, it was quite a hive of activity. You know, looking back in terms of uh, commercial operations that were uh, running there at the time. Well, at that time, the bottom of the town was a hive activity. We had the brew uh, there now, where the yellow pepper is, as opposed. Above that, well, if you started the square, you had you had the Four Lanterns, you had Spears, you had the AWS, which was a major shop at the time. I'm probably going to miss the half of them here. Uh, you had the Literary Institute, which is now the library. There were four or five sweet shops. You had Murphy's, you had Comiskey's, you had B. Macaulay's, you had Sarah's, you had Marjorie's, and Kelly's had a shop. So... There were no want of sweets. <laughs> and uh, shops, you had the Garda Barracks, uh, you had the Laundry, and then many, a lot of pubs. We had McCall's, we had Fisher's, Drum Bar, uh, McLaughlin's, and... No, just a great, great, great place to grow up in and a hive activity. Brian, you mentioned going up and down the back road to Skull Column Kill and St. Dunes. When you were making those journeys up and down, what was the plan after school in your own mind where you might end up and do what you wanted to do? Uh, well, I suppose I was kind of different to most of the, the, the townies, uh, whereas my dad had the farm out in Glenswally. And uh, a lot of my time was spent between the town and Glenswally. Uh, he would have sheep to move or cattle to move, and you'd be out there helping him. So I probably knew I would have something to do with farming. That was the plan at that stage. There'd be a bit of farming. And possibly at one stage then in secondary school, maybe a mechanical drawing teacher was talked about. Um, Can you remember maybe who influenced you or maybe what influenced you at the time, maybe apart from your father and the farming? Um, well, I probably on the mechanical drawing end of it, I probably had a knack for mechanical drawing. I had a couple of great mechanical drawing teachers, uh, Seamus Coyle and Dom Gallagher was another teacher. Um, it was probably one of my better subjects, so I thought that maybe was the, 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 the way I was going to go at that point. And you had a business going, Brian, before uh, you embarked on the hotel project? Well, I had a few different businesses. See, my father passed away when I was 15, and uh, he, at that stage, the pig dealing was a sort of thing of the past. Uh, the bacon factory had closed over here, and uh, he had gone into buying wool. Um, he was a wool merchant, so... The summer months were spent with him in the later years uh, before he passed away, um, going around the county buying wool from farmers. And would you have been accompanying him? I days? would have been with him from I was knee high, yeah. Did you enjoy all that? I enjoyed it, I enjoyed it, thoroughly enjoyed it, and it was a great education. Um, I'll name another man here, Wally Marley. I used to, like, Wally would have been exporting the wool. We would have bought the wool and took it to Wally, and... I remember famous words from Wooly that always stuck in my head was, you know, you're out in the country, it's the best learning you'll ever get. And uh, 
you mightn't make a wild lot for the first while, but what you're learning is you couldn't put a price on it. Dealing with people and going to people's houses, and uh, it was just a great learning. When you opened the doors here, Brian, was it what you expected it to be? Was it something similar, or was it completely different? Uh, well, when we opened here originally, because I had no uh, past history of running a hotel, I actually the only way I could get get the the thing off the ground was to have a management company in here and uh, and, and a franchise as well. So we had Ramada here for a couple of years, um, and fortunately or unfortunately, it turned out fortunately for me that. Uh, they actually at they they went out of business the the management company and uh, through another hotel down the country and it allowed me to come in and take the reins and uh, now there were lots of ups and downs as I say uh, we we opened in two thousand and six. Uh, looking back, we were probably lucky that we got that scale of investment from a bank. Uh, if it had been two years later, it wouldn't have happened. So, timing probably worked in my favour at that point. The timing to get the the money to build the hotel. Um, that said, then the recession come. So, we had the hotel. The recession come, and I remember November two thousand and eight. Our business dropped fifty percent. It was just like an off a cliff edge. Uh, nobody was moving about. How worrying a time was that for you, Brian? It was very worrying. It was very worrying. Um, like we seen around us, there were hotel owners that were in existence for years before us, and they weren't making it. You know, and didn't make it. So we just kept the head down. Um, I was going by advice from IHF and different organisations that were there to 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 help us or to to advise us in an advisory role, uh, just to keep all lines of communication open, keep working. I just kept working hard, kept lines of communication open, and we got through it. And that advice worked. That advice worked. Just kept the head down and done as best we could. We did have to. We had to, to make some very hard decisions. We had to let some people go, and we just had to cut the cloth to the size, and uh, it was very difficult. I had to make some very, very hard choices, but it had to be done for the greater good, or the doors is going to close. And how many people are currently employed here? At the there are 50 event? people here at the minute, roughly around 50. Um, that's between full-time and part-time. It's a sizable workforce? That's a good-sized workforce, yeah, yeah. Retention and recruitment uh, has been talked about as being a key problem uh, in the hospitality sector. But I think maybe you're the exception, Brian, in, in relation to being able to hold on to the staff because a lot of the staff here have been with you a long time. We have a lot of staff here uh, for a long number of years. Um, surely the industry we're in, people will, will move. Um, but in general, our, our key staff... Uh, have stayed with us. We have people here from from the very beginning. Um, we have Victoria, Victoria, our housekeeping manager. She's here from day one, and uh, Paul O'Brien. Paul's the 
general manager, uh, Paul's here from, we opened in August and he came in October. Uh, we have uh, Skipper, Brian, Brian Blake, here from October 06 as well. Um, we have Gareth, our financial controller. Uh, he's here since October 06. So. Is that one of the reasons, Brian, why you've managed to stay successful? Uh, I think so. It's, 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 it is key to a successful business that you have the same faces and the same people, especially in our trade, uh, where you have people come and repeat business, repeat stays, that they see the same people. And uh, that bond builds and grows over the years too. They've been through it with me and uh, they know the work that was put in and uh, they're there. They, they feel, I honestly think they feel as much about the hotel as I do myself. You know. Brian, can you outline a typical day or even a typical week in the life of the hotel here and maybe a typical week in your life here? Uh, well, I would be here every day at some point. Um, I That's between the office and from out on the... I enjoy being out on the bar. I enjoy serving to the guests. Uh Speaking with the managers, we get together every so often. Uh, we have management meetings, uh, look back at how things went and plan for the f- for the the near future. And uh, no, we're we're hands on uh, uh, between serving food and helping Leonard. Then with the maintenance, I don't mind getting stuck in. I always said, and I say yet to the managers, you have to be in the trench with your your trips. And uh, you get more out of your troops if you're on the trench with them. And how has business been this year, Bryn? Uh, 2023 has been it has been good. I know the the overheads uh, side of it, uh, like insurance and electricity, uh, the main the main uh, contributors. But in general, the level of business that we're doing and the amount of people that have stayed with us is we're very very happy with it. Um, I think it's probably uh, a mix of uh, where we have a good product. We, in general, Donegal, Letterkenny, we are offering value for money. Um, when you look at other counties and what they're charging and hotels, like you could have three nights in Donegal for, for one in Dublin, you know, or Galway or wherever. Like we are offering value. We may be charging a wee bit more than we were before COVID, but we have to cover our costs and we're still offering value. Um, as opposed to the other side of that, then there are probably less hotel beds available or B&Bs, Airbnbs available. So whoever's open to the general public, uh, we're, we're getting a few extra that way. And as opposed to another thing is Donegal done pretty good out of the COVID. Um, like... From I started, like we would always be well down the tables on any uh, statistics you would get from Falch Ireland or from any of the other bodies that send out statistics. But during the COVID, we were probably in the top three for visitor numbers and uh, probably the factor there being that people couldn't leave the country 
and a lot of people had never been to Donegal. It was if you're down south, it was the furthest you could go from home. Uh, they came in 2000 to 21 and 22, and they're coming back. They like what they've seen. They like the people. They like the scenery, and uh, they're getting value. And we see them coming back, maybe two times a year. You know, just stay with the COVID time for a second, Brian. How did all that impact on things here? Well, I'll never forget the Paddy's Day. Uh, it was announced around Paddy's Day, and we had a coach tour to come in from Scotland on the Monday, and the closure was on the... We were told to close on the Saturday. Clo- told to close on the Sunday, more or less to close down. We, unless people were, were booked in, uh, there were no there were no shops open. The shops all closed on the Saturday, so we had a bus tour coming on the Monday, and we tried everything to tell them. You know, Scotland was open at that stage, and our fear was that these people were going to be looking out the one day here for a week. So at the last minute, they decided that they weren't going to travel. They could see how severe the the restrictions were in, in Ireland at that point. And there we will take a break. Business Matters is in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. If you're looking for a career in financial governance, consider the Level 9 MA in Governance and IT in Financial Services starting in January. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie today. You're welcome back. Before the break, Brian was recalling the first of the COVID-19 lockdowns back in March 2020. I'll never forget them first couple of weeks. We didn't know, like, uh, we were worried for sales, but we were as much worried for staff, people that had never signed for unemployment in their lives, people that had worked 30, 40 years and had mortgages, had to pay, had rent to pay, and we just couldn't see... uh, how people were going to survive. It was very worrying. Thankfully then the government did come in with the, with the, the subsidies and, uh, you know, it, it, it turned out that, well, people, people could put food on the table anyway and, and the banks and that did hold up on mortgage payments and rent increases and that and, uh, but it was very worrying. Uh, there were a tear or two she had them first couple of days because we just didn't know. We thought the whole thing was was going to go. Like. So three years on, Brian, would you find yourself adopting a different approach to how you do things now and how things are run in the hotel here in general? Uh, we would. Uh, as opposed to the only thing too that it taught us is that you, know, you never can be complacent. We just don't know what's around the corner. And uh, not to get too carried away if, if things is going pretty okay. Like, just you just don't know what's around the corner. So you have to safeguard and uh, plan that to expect the unexpected. But uh, as in uh, the way we run the place, um, we did make a few changes. We probably had time to think. Uh, one of the things was mainly that we... But up to that, we were probably trying to do everything, uh, doing too much, and uh, maybe it was best just to know where, what we're doing, 
maybe cut it down a bit uh, and maybe do do less but do it better. You mentioned change. What for you has been the biggest change since you entered the sector, say, 17 years ago? Um, I suppose um, probably... Uh, Technologically, uh, maybe internets and third-party booking, uh, less people going with the phone and trying to get people to go back to the phone. Uh, third-party websites, the, the amount of uh, bookings that would come in that way, like it's, it's grown over them 17 years. Um, technology then, uh, it has uh, it's, it's made some of our jobs easier, uh, front of house technology uh, internet I remember when we started here and we had the internet early on like the routers had been going down right left and centre we had Frank Worski here uh, God bless Frank uh, he'd be going up the back road back home in the evening and they'd get the call to come back that the internet was down so the technology now that we would have and that's available um we don't have that issue now at all. Internet's seamless; it just runs, and that that's a major, major improvement. So um, more efficient, more efficient, more efficient. Yeah, Brian. The hospitality sector is a big industry in the northwest and in Donegal. What's your view of the sector at the moment, and do you feel uh, more can be done maybe to help uh, the industry? Well, I suppose when I look back the 17 years and I think in them first few months and the peace process and the amount of people that could come, uh, I don't think we've ever reached that. Um, I still believe, now it's not as bad as what it was, but the line from Dublin to Galway down south, that line's still there. Now we are getting a wee bit more through the Wild Atlantic Way, but we're not getting the volume that we should be getting. You know, there a bus driver comes here and he was saying there were 60 buses in Dublin Airport. This is maybe last year or two, the year before, and he said out of the 60 buses, there were two coming north. So that hasn't changed, and that, that should change now. My honest opinion is that Donegal should be getting more connected with the Northern Tourism Board and open up... Uh, whether the Irish government subsidises American flights into uh, Belfast and to grow Belfast Airport. The road now from Derry to Belfast is amazing. And I think that's, if Donegal's going to grow, we've had 20, 30 years trying to get the people up from the south. We're not getting them in the, the volume that we should, or, or share that we should have. I think there should be more focus on opening up Belfast and getting that route or that that tourism trail from Belfast to uh, Giants Causeway, Derry and Donegal and maybe down to Leitrim and Sligo and having that circuit like they have the circuit that you have from Dublin to Cork to Galway to Athlone back to Dublin. So what steps need to be taken for that to happen, Brian? Well, I think there needs to be, uh, well, you probably need a, a government in Northern Ireland, number one, to make these decisions. And we need more cross-border cooperation. And we need a more united voice, uh, pushing uh, 
Belfast Airport uh, International uh, internationally to the American dysphoria and trying to get them in there to get because Northern Ireland is so much along with their sales they offer you know and it's still underdeveloped massively underdeveloped and it is history it is everything and that needs to be pushed now in the next number of years Brian the hotel is very much part of the community here in the Kenny. It's home to the Kenny Rovers, the Kenny Rotary Club, the Kenny Memories, Lost Wally Anglers. I'm sure that's something that you're very happy about, Brian, and very proud of. I am very proud of that, and uh, it was always the intention uh, from we opened that the hotel would be a community base. Uh, firstly, for the Lower Main Street Old Town. Uh, back road and Balmacool areas that it would be a base and a social place for for the for the locals to go and socialise, hold events. That was always the intention. I suppose to go back uh, to the the from my own family, uh, they were always community orientated. My dad came in from Glenswilly and he was a councillor here for. Over 30 years in the in the urban council, and Mary, my mother, was always involved in charitable organisations and voluntary organisations, and she was always a big part of the community. So it was me and Christine uh, continuing that family role in the bottom of the town, and I'm very proud of that. Brian, when you won the Little Kenny Chamber of Commerce. Business Person of the Year Award in 2012. Uh, you did single out Christine for her help and support. So I take it she's very much a, a very steady hand here. Well, uh, there are no big decisions or any decisions made without consultation with Christine and uh, all the major consultations. If I have some idea in my head, so I always pass it over. So Christine will be Christine. your... She would be your go-to person? She would be the go-to person whenever you would have professionals or whatever, but the last opinion would be Christine, should we or shouldn't we? Brian, is there a person in business that you admire most? Well, there'd be a number of people that I've admired over uh, the years, uh, as opposed first to have to think on, on, on my own father, Tony. He came in like as a young teenager, uh, cycled into the bacon factory, got a job in the bacon factory, and... And uh, he he started down there. He was brushing the floors. He often told me the story. He was in brushing the floors, and then he he got out then to book the pigs on a bicycle. He would he would cycle to the Fanet Head, booking pigs, uh, booking the pigs for the the lorry to come the next day or the day after. And eventually, then he got a a lorry himself to go out and lift the pigs, and then he. He, he bought the pigs in for himself and sold them to the factory. So, uh, uh, like, big footsteps to follow. Uh, modern day, uh, I, I always had a lot of time for Patrick J. Doherty, uh, get over. I think he'd done tremendous work in the town through the 80s and 90s. He, uh, he he took a lot of big brand names and done a lot of put made a lot of investment in Letterkenny, and probably brought us forward twenty years ahead of other towns. Going back to whenever we opened, like you had people coming from down the country, 
and they couldn't believe that Letterkenny had all these big brand name shops and that that was down to Patrick Doherty and his uh, vision. Tell me, Brian, what's the best lesson that you've learned in your business life? The best lesson, um, just not to quit, you know, just to keep the head down, uh, keep bothering on, things will go against you, things will be tough, but you don't quit, um, you just keep going, uh, believe in yourself and uh, have a good team around you, you need a good team, and uh, just keep the head down and the tail up and do your best. If you could give your 21-year-old self some words of wisdom, Brian, what would they be? Uh, I suppose sort of what I've said there already. um, You'll get back from something what you put into it. So the more you put into something, the more you'll get out of it. Let it be work, family, uh, sport. The more you put into something, the more you'll, you'll get out of it. I have no doubt about that. And if you don't put it in, you'll not get it out. You have to put the work in. When you're not working and when you're not coming out of the hotel brain, what do you do to switch off and unwind? Uh, well, I've always loved football. Um, so I'd be, I would love, I love going to the, the children's uh, sports, uh, the soccer or the Gaelic, uh, Letterkenny Rovers and Unions. Uh, Myself and Christine, they're nothing nicer than giving away out to a game and enjoying a good game of football. Uh, over the years, too, um, I have managed uh, on the rage at Letterkenny Rovers, um, managed various wee teams over the years. I was 14 years at it. Um, it was a great release. Uh, no matter what was happening in the hotel, if everything was going wrong and you had a bad day, if you had training at six o'clock, you had to be there at six o'clock for the wee men, and it was just a great release. And then, funny enough, during the lockdown, I, I've always liked music, and uh, I actually took up the guitar in May 2020 and uh, play a bit of the guitar every day. So it's a nice way to unwind. Where did you learn to do that? Uh, Self-taught. Uh, I'm not saying I'm a guitarist now, but uh, I can I can put out a couple of tunes. I'll do a wee bit here on a Wednesday night with the boys at the the, the traditional session we have here. Um, oh, just YouTube. Nice to learn a new skill, Brian. That's it. That's it. <laughs> in relation to one of the questions previous uh, about people that I admire in business most, I did mention Patrick Joseph Doherty, but. In the hotel industry, I think the best hotelier that I ever seen was Teddy, the late Teddy Blaney. Just for his energy and his customer care, I just thought he was unique. You know, his down-to-earth approach and hands-on approach. I've, I've seen different times. If I could emulate a hotelier, that would be who you'd want to emulate. And tell me, is there anybody among the next generation of Gallagher's looking to emulate their father? Uh, well, they're all involved. Uh, they've all, all well, apart from Huey, our youngest, uh, Anthony, James and Mary Rose have all worked in the hotel and uh, still are. Um, but they are at college and 
like myself, I went straight into the the family business. I would rather that they would finish their education, uh, be independent, and use the talents that they have away from the hotel and uh, find their find their feet. And you never know down the line, maybe they would come to the hotel. But in the meantime, I would like, and I've told them that. You know, be independent and have it as a as a backup of it. Time will tell. Brent, we talked about Main Street um, when you were growing up. What's your view of Lower Main Street and Derry Kenny in general now, in terms of business? Well, I mean, it's plain to be seen the, the Lower Main Street has there are a lot of derelict buildings. The the businesses that are there, they're 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 doing okay, but you know. Uh, Busyness makes busyness, you know, it helps. And uh, it's tough on the businesses that are there at the minute uh, with derelict buildings side by side and all around them. Uh, it's 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 not going to be an easy one to fix because, you know, they're all private owners there. It's not that they're owned by agencies or by the government. Uh, it's private owners and it's getting the private owners to do whatever has to be done. And do you know there is grants out there to refurbish uh, derelict buildings? Like maybe there should be more advice given to these owners that it's it's in their uh, it's in their uh, favour to, to 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 get the buildings either done up, demolished and rebuilt or whatever. And would you be hopeful that that will take place? Well, I would hope it would because it 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 really like we would have guests coming here from all over the world, and they're going up around the corner, and it's it's not the most picturesque vision of the town that you want to be putting out there. Tell me, what do you like most about being an hotelier? Uh, the, I suppose it's the. The unpredictability of it. We don't know who's going to come in the door, um, who we're going to meet. We could meet somebody famous tomorrow. We just don't know. And even on a working level, every day throws up something different. And uh, it's something that I probably always liked. I didn't like being regimental. And there are no two days the same. There are no hours the same. It just changes, and it's I enjoy that. And I enjoy meeting people. I've met so many wonderful people here over the years made so many friends and uh, no, it's just uh, I enjoy it and finally Brian what does the future hold for yourself and the Station House Hotel well we feel that we're in a good position we uh, we we know that we we offer a good product we offer friendliness uh, good food uh, at a good price good rooms at a good price uh, we take nothing for granted. We've seen the ups and downs, and it's just a matter of keeping the finger on the pulse, working hard, and taking nothing for granted. And but we're in, we're in a we're in a good place. Brian Gallagher, owner of the Stationers Hotel in Lirikini, thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Business Matters. Thank you very much, Kieran. Well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters, and it is also my last time to produce and present the Business Matters podcast. Thanks to my guest, Brian Gallagher, and thanks to everyone I've spoken to for the programme over the last three and a half years. 
A big thanks to our sound engineer, Kenneth Wilson, for keeping me right every week through the glass. And finally, a heartfelt thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in on Sunday evenings or who listen back to the show via playback. And remember, if you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters, in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. For a career in financial governance, consider the Level 9 MA in Governance and IT in Financial Services, starting in January. Contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie today.